Well, hey, and welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. I am Lena Ebujamra, excited to be back with you in a special edition podcast series we've called the Leadership Podcast. If you've been tuning in uh, to this series, we thank you. And if it's your first time, we thank you as well. And I uh, want to let you know that there's a ton of awesome material for you to access at livingwithpower.org. We've got an app. Uh, we've got previous episodes of the podcast you will love. And uh, we're going to just uh, dig right on in. Uh, we are looking at leadership from a radical perspective, uh, and that is the Jesus perspective. Uh, he is the greatest leader of all times, and so today I want to really focus on him. We're going to go through a number of different angles and talking about re- leadership, and uh, the introductory um, sessions have really been sort of setting the ground on uh, what it means to be a leader. Maybe you're tuning in and you never thought of yourself as a leader. Uh, well, if you've listened to the leadership episodes one and two, then you might be changing your mind. We all have a leader in us that is waiting to be unleashed. Um, and I believe with all of my heart that God uses leadership as a form of high level discipleship to uh, grow us into the kind of person that he uh, wants us to be. And so uh, the best example of that is Jesus, the greatest leader of all times, which is what I focused on in this episode. I, I want to just look at a couple of passages of scripture. I believe that um, one of the ways, uh, actually the main way that we learn about uh, leadership uh, from a biblical perspective is in God's word. And there are so many uh, examples of uh, leaders uh, worth looking at in the word of God, but uh, one of the maybe least uh, natural uh, examples for me has been thinking about Jesus as a leader. I always think of Jesus as um, the savior, as my friend, as the Lord of my life, but really that he is a leader uh, of all leaders. And you say, how? Well, I'm going to give you just three thoughts. As you consider your own uh, leadership um, style, as you consider your own uh, leadership habits and strategies and uh, sort of as we dig into here, and, and by the way, I'm going to talk to leaders now. I assume everybody who's listening now understands that you are a leader within your area of giftedness and calling, and some of you may be so more obviously. You have the gift of leadership, and you are in a position of leadership. And so uh, when I look at Jesus, um, one of the most riveting accounts, I think, uh, besides uh, some of the verses that we've read about how the road to greatness is through servanthood. But really the classic example of that is in John chapter 13. And if you're familiar with the word of God, then you know what that passage is. It is the uh, time right before, um, it's at the Passover, right before the crucifixion, where Jesus bends down and washes the feet of the disciple. And here's the leader of this movement. Um, here's uh, a man who uh, had made claims to be God in a number of ways and through his actions and through his authority and, and now was going to make his way to the cross. And the last thing you expect is that he would be leading in this fashion. And yet it says in chapter 13 of John, verse 2, that during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, that Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Now, if you're like me, feet are not our thing. And uh, a lot of people sort of, uh, the last thing you want to touch is somebody's feet. And yet here is Jesus who, again, is is God, became man, and um, had a clear purpose on the earth. And now he stoops himself to wash the disciples' feet, and he did it very for a very specific reason, and, and really forming this amazing example for us of what it looks like to be a godly leader 
and he comes to Simon Peter and who, by the way, your classic, you know, loud, leading from the front kind of guy, the guy, the kind of guy that humans would say, man, Simon Peter, he is a leader, natural born leader. And Simon Peter says to, to Jesus, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you'll understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Peter, Jesus answered him, if I don't wash your, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. So again, uh, a very important foundational scripture uh, that reflects a few things about Jesus that I want to highlight. Number one, he was unconventional in his leadership style, right? He never did what you expected him to do. Uh, His way, uh, you, you know, we all love to look at examples of leaders and come up with a formula of success. Here's how they did it. If you do step one, two, three, you're going to figure it out. Jesus constantly broke that, that, it's like he took a hammer and, and, and broke up every, um, style or formula or strategy that you might want to use to put him in a box. And, uh, um, he was unconventional in his actions uh, he was unconventional in his reactions. If you read through the Gospels and just start to look at Jesus, he was unconventional in his goals. Um, his vision was not the same as the vision of those people who were following him. He had clear vision. Uh, the people who followed him thought he was going to free them from Roman oppression. His vision was far greater. It was an unconventional vision because it was so much bigger than what we humans think about. He was unconventional in his motives. Say, what does that what does that mean? Well, he was driven by love. He wasn't driven by money. He wasn't driven by fame. Uh, he wasn't driven by the things that we normally um, look to uh, as measures of success. He wasn't driven by the number of followers. In fact, there were times that when the crowd was waiting for him, and the disciples would say, "Jesus, you got to come. These people are waiting for you." And Mark chapter two is a classic example of that. And Jesus had spent the night praying to his father. And in Mark chapter two, they say to him. Lord Jesus, they're waiting for you. And his response is, I'm not going back there. I have other places that my father wants me to go to. So so focused and unconventional in his style of leadership. And if you are one of those people that needs to put your leadership style in a box, just commit to not doing that anymore. Uh, If you want to be a leader like Jesus, I mean, you have to do some shocking things. And sometimes that means stooping low, taking a towel and washing somebody's feet. And, uh, um, it's, it's upside down in, in our world economy, but it is, uh, inspiring and it is enough to make me want to follow him, uh, let alone so many of us who have given our life to him. Um, he was unconventional in his values. He relationally gravitated to the least of these, the marginalized, the unloved, the people that everybody else avoided. Jesus went to them, just an upside down, unconventional leadership style. That's one. We see that in John 13, number two, um, he looked less like a leader the longer he lived. I, I really want you to pay attention to this. Jesus looked less like a leader the longer he lived. Can we, can we follow this, that thought for a while? I'm not talking about the, the resurrection. Things changed. I get it. But, but on earth, during his three years, the closer you get to Calvary, the greater the opposition, the less his followers to the point where at the cross, no one is there. John is one of the beloved disciples, one of the few ones left, and, and, and Jesus looks down and gives him responsibility of his mother Mary. And, and apart from that, Peter denied him, Judas betrayed him, the others we don't even know where they were. And uh, uh, I, I think of it, and I think that it, these sort of, sort of sub-ideas that 
I wrote down, he had less followers by the time he died than at any point during his life. Okay, wrap your mind around that. That's pretty crazy. He looked less like a success at the end of his life than in the middle of it. He looked like a failure. He looked like everything that he came to do, he failed at. In fact, it killed him. And yet he was on task because he understood what his main mission and vision was. He was focused. We'll get to that in a, in a minute. So he was more attacked and opposed the longer he lived and practiced true biblical God-honoring vertical leadership. The longer he was faithful, the more the attack against him came. Now, not inviting attack in my life. I'm not asking uh, to be um, critiqued or fought with or or overturned in any form of leadership, whether it's in my work or my church or what. But the fact is, God's ways are not like the ways of the world. And the longer you are faithful in the ways of the Lord, the more opposition you are going to have to expect. It happened to Jesus. Uh, now, of course, we know the resurrection changed everything. Uh, but that was later. And a lot of times we live in, uh, with, this, with this limit of we look at today and we say, man, if this hasn't happened by now, I look like a failure. Everything's fallen apart. But you stick to, to the focus and the, and the mission and, and the things that God wants you to do. And you stick to that. You stick to your biblical perspective in leadership, to a style that is possibly not you know, business savvy, strategic in the ways of the world, but honoring to God. And you'll see with time, there is a resurrection coming. And... and uh, uh, so if you are looking less like a leader the longer you've been doing it, take heart. And now that doesn't mean there aren't some things you need to um, look at in your life and change and grow in. But sometimes um, you might be looking less like a success, not because you're wrong, but because you're you're actually right. And that's okay. So, so Jesus, unconventional in his leadership style, he looked less like a leader the longer he lived. And uh, thirdly, he understood that what God thinks of him is far more important um, than what other people think of him and or thought of him. He understood that what God thinks of him is the most important thing. And uh, if we could just get a little bit of that in a jar and like drink a little bit of it every day, we are so obsessed as even as leaders, mostly as leaders with what people think of us. Social media has just made this like times 100,000. By the way, I, I, I thought about this as I was thinking through um, the, the thoughts for this podcast. Uh, we're all leaders on social media. I mean, you, again, maybe you're still listening and you're not. Um, considered, like you look at yourself and you go, man, I'm not a leader. I'm, I'm one of those quiet people. But do you know that if you have a social media voice, you have a form of leadership? And so um, all of us want to be liked and want our social media platforms to grow. And, and even if we don't think of other roles of leadership, you might be leading a woman's ministry or you might be leading in your job. I have many friends, women friends who are uh, VPs and higher in big organizations, Fortune 500 organizations. And and I admire them for how they live. But but when you wake up in the morning, do you care more about what your uh, subordinates think of you, what your colleagues think of you, what your followers think of you, what your church members think of you, or are you more concerned, first and foremost, with what God thinks of you? Jesus, again, just an awesome ability to live with what God had in mind for him as the most important thing in his life. Again, I want to go back to that Mark chapter 2. I just love that passage of scripture, just a few verses, verses 35 through 39. Rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. So he's he's spending time with the Father. So he's in a good, he's in that place where you know when you're praying and seeking God, and he's up and 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 listening to what the Father had for him. So he's he knows what is expected of him and he has the favor of his father. And, and so now when Simon and those who are with him searched for him, they found him and said to him, everyone's looking for you. 
Jesus says to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Humanly, we would think if there's a crowd of people waiting for us as a leader, that would be where I would go and invest all my energies. I mean, they, they want to listen, they're waiting. And yet Jesus thought and sought more of what God thought of him so that he was able to say no to what looked like an immensely attractive opportunity because he was pursuing the best and the reason that he was there for. That, that is a true sign of leadership. That's pretty immensely awesome. So he maintained focus on his mission by maintaining focus on his God. Again and again in the Gospels, we see this. Jesus went apart by himself to pray. He stayed up later and he got up earlier. The disciples were often frenzied and overwhelmed by the circumstances around them, by the need around them. And Jesus was able to see it in light of uh, eternity and in light of uh, the spiritual things that were happening around him because he had that time with the Father. That theme we're going to come to again and again. If you want to be the best leader you can be, you've got to make that time with God. You see, how do I know what God thinks about me and about life and about the future? Well, you spend time with him. You listen to him and you seek him in his word and you make time with him, not just a 30 minute in the morning deal, but, but a steady diet, a steady part of your diet. And so we're, again, we're going to get more into that because I think this is going to be such an important theme as we think about being with God rather than doing for God. That was the, the characteristic of Jesus's life. At the end of three years, he didn't have much to show for it per se, but he had been with the Father and it changed everything. And so um, he understood that what God thinks of him is far more important than people's opinions. Uh, I'll give you some other sub points here. He sacrificed his comfort now for our comfort later. He was willing to sacrifice his comfort. He came from heaven. Philippians 2 verses 5 through 11 are just such a classic set of scriptures you can spend time reading about how he, uh, the king of kings, took, off, took on the form of man and became a servant, born in a manger. He sacrificed his comfort now. Then he died on the cross. Why? For our comfort later. That's a sign of leadership. Why? Because that mattered to God. That was the purpose of God. He understood uh, the Father's will. He wasn't always as busy as he was intentional, all right? That is an important sub-point. Uh, he understood that the point of leadership isn't just to fill your schedule with stuff. Most leaders are so busy, they don't have time to breathe. If you call them, they're not available. If you email them, they have their assistant respond to you. Uh, that is not the way Jesus was. He was intentional. He went out of the way to meet with a Samaritan woman. He took dinner breaks and met with prostitutes who poured ointment at his feet and on and on and on. You see an intentionality. Zacchaeus, remember this rich man who was hated by everybody? Jesus goes out of his way and has dinner at his house or lunch. And um, are you busy or are you intentional? Jesus is the greatest leader of all times. Can we learn? Can we not learn from him some of those habits? And then uh, lastly, he was willing to say yes even when he wanted to say no, Gethsemane, and willing to say no when everyone wanted him to say yes. Okay, how do you do that? How do you say yes to opportunities that everybody thinks you shouldn't do or vice versa? You say no. I mean, wisdom is important, but, but uh, how could Jesus do this? It was because he was so in tune to the voice of his father. All right. Most of us, we don't listen to the father. We listen to voices around us. And wise counsel around us is important. But, oh, if we could just get in the habit of hearing from God the Father first. So how do you do that? You spend time with him. 
you make it about being with God, you build in those practices. I've been in the process of really working through some of the emotionally healthy discipleship material, Pete Scazzaro stuff. I love that guy. Um, tuned into him through uh, Irina, my assistant, who puts these podcasts together. I'm telling you, if you want some awesome leadership stuff, read some of his stuff. I found them so good and challenged now to just be much more intentional with building times during the day and just this regular Sabbath and daily offices that are so helpful to the soul. That is the model that Jesus did. He was the greatest leader of all times. He is the greatest leader of all times. Why? Because he was unconventional. He looked less like a leader. Or that's not why. That does, that's just some points that I wanted to bring up. Unconventional in his style. Looked less like a leader the longer he lived and understood what God that what God thinks of him is the most important thing above all. So that's what I have, just some thoughts on Jesus. Uh, what do you see? Like, what's your, when you think about Jesus, I'd love to hear from you. Like, uh, what is the number one characteristic of leadership that you see in his life? I'd love to just get your thoughts on him. You might be his follower and love him and have some deep thoughts about him. Uh, I'd love to hear him. Email me at lena at livingwithpower.org. Or maybe you don't know him as your savior yet. Uh, maybe you haven't thought about Jesus at all. Maybe you haven't thought about him as a leadership model. Um, do you have any questions about him? I would love to answer them. In fact, um, I'm available and will intentionally seek out uh, your emails uh, this week. So go ahead and do that. Hey, uh, remember to share these episodes with your friends, uh, people who are in leadership, uh, women who are in leadership. There are not enough leadership podcasts for Christian women. So share those with your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. I don't know if you're on TikTok. I, uh, my nephew's trying to get me to get on TikTok. I, I can't do it yet, but I might. So you never know. In the meantime, download our app, Living With Power, on Android and iPhone, or hit up our website, livingwithpower.org. So much free for you to enjoy. So many resources, Bible studies, if you're looking for stuff to build your life on. We'd love to help. So have an awesome day. Uh, we'll catch you again next time. This has been the Hope Podcast, and we are so grateful for you.